And we're joined on the line now by Narina Fisser, a strategist at ETFSA. Good morning, Narina. Good morning, Sakina. And I wish you Eid Mubarak, even though it's a day late. It's good to have you back today. <laughs> Better late than never. Thank you so much, Narina. <laughs> Narina, just looking at uh, Brexit and the Brexit aftershocks. Uh, um, earlier on um, on the show, we were talking about some of the concerns in India um, from the clothing traders there. And uh, here at home, the financial shares, they've also been under pressure in that aftershock. Indeed, indeed. You know, and I think some of it is, is, is justified, but I also think that some of it is really just getting caught in the, in the contagion, the drawdown effect that we see. So when we look at financial shares as listed on the, on the JSE, what you're looking at there is a combination of bank shares, insurance companies, financial services, and then also property shares, which are both South African-based sort of property companies, but then also those big international property companies in particular, um, those that are listed on the on the London Stock Exchange and where I think we've seen some of the biggest drops. Of course, companies like Old Mutual and Investec also headquartered still in London at this stage and they've also been some of the worst hit. I, I guess the question one needs to ask yourself is, um, uh, you know, will our domestic financial sector and in particular our retail banking sector, has it really been as affected to the same extent um, in terms of this post-Brexit fallout than the share prices would, would show at this stage. And I do think there's some of it that is, that's just overdone. Um, our banks are absolutely um, in, in a very good financial state, very well capitalized. They, they give some pay out some of the best dividends and will continue to do so. There's not, not, not any concern around what's happened with post-Brexit on our domestic banks. So I think this is a time to be a little bit discerning and just really say, don't just judge all financial books by their covers um, and, mm-hmm. and really sort of um, you maybe see where there can be value found in, in some of these things that are caught down in the downdraft, but are, are now sort of representing very good investment value. But by contrast, if we look at bond yields, Narina, um, they've resumed their falling trend and most of Europe, it's negative at this point. Why would anyone invest in bonds um, where you effectively pay the government or the bank to hold your money? <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, yes, bond yields, not just um, in, in, in Europe and the UK, but around the world have, have resumed sort of a downward trend. Now, just to remind listeners that bond yields and the prices of those have an inverse relationship. So if if the yield comes down, it means the price is going up. And um, we find that in South Africa, for example, our bond yields are now back to levels where they were before we had um, Ninigate in, in December. Um, and, and when we look at Europe, more than half of all the government bonds in Europe are now sitting not just at the zero interest rate level, but at negative in yields. And what that really means is that um, the only reason why one would invest um, in, in a bond under these conditions is one of two reasons. Either because you believe that the yields are still going to go lower, in other words, the prices will still go higher, you are not as much concerned about not getting a yield or an income from that, you are actually investing in it on the basis that you're going to get a higher price in the future when you sell it. But the other very important basis for that is that investors are saying they're expecting deflation to come into the system. In other words, debt that you owe will become less than it has than it currently is valued at. And these are, are, are some concerning signs. So as much as the bond market at the moment looks like it's sort of resuming a bull trend, the reasons why those yields are coming lower and the prices are going up actually should be of great concern, I think, to, to, to most people.
And then listed property investments in the UK, uh, they've seen uh, prices drop by as much as 50% in just two weeks. That Brexit thing is massive, Narina. <laughs> it, it is. And, and certainly in, in, U, in the UK property market, that's where we've seen a lot of the fallout. And that's, of course, on the basis that people expect many of those large companies who have buildings and offices in, in London to move those operations, maybe not to Europe, but maybe to Dublin or maybe to, to, to other jurisdictions. So this is really been the basis for those those listed property companies dropping in value. The same ones also that, that affect our um, local um, financial and, and listed property sector. But um, I, I think very concerning to many people was news that we heard yesterday that um, at least three real estate investment funds in the UK have stopped investors from withdrawing their funds. Um, and, and, and I think what's concerning about that is, is the minute, it's almost like a, a run on the bank, you know, when people are, not, are told you're not allowed to withdraw your money or to get your money paid out, people panic and they rush for the door and that causes even even greater problems. I want us to differentiate here between these real estate investment funds whose underlying assets are physical buildings, whether they are office blocks or shopping centers or, or even um, uh, commercial housing. What you're looking at there is an underlying investment that cannot be sold quickly and easily, so it's a lack of liquidity. In terms of your listed property companies, um, including those that we have on the JSE, the underlying of such an investment fund, including things like real estate investment trusts and things like ETFs, listed property ETFs, the underlying are things that are listed on a stock exchange. So you don't have that same problem with liquidity. So I don't want people to panic and think just because these real estate investment funds in the UK have stopped people from withdrawing money, that this applies also to listed investments where the liquidity certainly is still available. The prices might drop, but the liquidity is not being frozen as it has been in the case of of these UK investment funds. Well, Narina, let's park it there for this morning. Thank you so much. Uh, Narina Fisser, strategist at ETFSA, back with us again tomorrow.